Hey, Goal Achievers, welcome to the Elite Achievement Community. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to demystify the goal achievement process. If you are ambitious and visionary, then let's get to work so you can maximize your potential and achieve your definition of success. Hey, Goal Achievers, welcome back to Elite Achievement. Hiring delegating, and leading team members are frequently discussed topics in my coaching sessions with business leaders. Last year, I grew my own team by partnering with today's guest, Amber Gray, founder and CEO of Trustee Oak, an award-winning Austin-based virtual assistant company. Trustee Oak was named Freelancer Hiring Platform of the Year, and Amber was recognized as Austin Businesswoman of the Year in 2021. I remember being nervous to take the leap and wondering, will I even have enough to delegate? If you're wondering, I have more than enough to delegate. So that ended up being a fear and not a problem at all. I invited Amber to today's show to share best practices and advice for hiring so you can create leverage in your own business to achieve your goals. Welcome, Amber. Thank you so much. It's exciting to be here. And I love talking about delegation. (laughs) It is so important. And I feel like it is a skill set that isn't highlighted or talked about enough. I've, I've actually started telling people, I think it's the most important thing you can do in terms of professional development. If you can learn to do that, you can scale your business for sure. Well, I am definitely going to want to learn more about delegation tactics and how to. Before we get there, tell us more about your business. Who is Trustee Oak and what do you do? Trustee Oak is, like you said, it's a U.S.-based virtual assistant company. Our goal is to serve both the entrepreneurs on one side that obviously need virtual assistance, but also we highly focus on creating a great experience for our freelancers, our virtual assistants that are looking for the client. So uh, we're really partnering. We even have a little bit of a model where it's a triangle where Trustee Oak is serving virtual assistants and clients. And then obviously our virtual assistants are serving clients and working together with them. So it's a partnership that we're hoping to facilitate and really elevate that experience for people that are looking for support, but maybe don't know where to start. And that's really our niche and focus right now is helping people that are first-time users of a VA, someone that is nervous about delegating. Um, Fear is a big part of what holds us back in a lot of things, but definitely in delegation too. Our goal is to walk alongside our clients to help them learn how to use a VA, learn how to delegate. And then on the other side of that, we've got mentors for each of our VAs as well to help them in their journey as a freelancer. And so It's all about keeping everyone growing, scaling, all of that good stuff. It all works really well together. Well, Amber, I can say from personal experience, once I finally stopped thinking about hiring a VA and actually hit the send button on the request (laughs) form and connect it with you, I was absolutely blown away by how quickly I was able to delegate work to my VA. And I have to take a moment and give a very special shout out to my team. I believe I have the best VA team out there. Sarah and Denise are rock stars, and they have been able to free up so much. I can better serve my clients. I can coach. I can do the work that I love, 
and then still execute on a lot of the other ideas I have to market and grow my business. So I am incredibly grateful for Sarah and Denise. Absolutely. Thank you for saying so. And I am too. And we've got now 68 virtual assistants, I think is what what our current count is. So there are a lot of Sarah's and Denise's out there making a difference for people like you. (laughs) Tell us a bit more about your journey to becoming a business owner. Did you know you were going to become a business owner? No, no. My path is uh, very, I'll say it's interesting. Um, I think it is. And I think a lot of people do just because I never went to college. I was a pharmacy technician for 11 years, working in a retail pharmacy and then in a hospital clean room, making IVs and those kinds of things. It had nothing to do with anything in tech or marketing or even admin for that matter. I didn't even use a computer that much back when I first started. I don't know how I ended up here in some ways, but I, I have a friend that was a web designer and she asked me if I could be a project manager for her just on a case-by-case basis. And she said, I think you have skills that translate. So how about I'll pay you $300 per website to help me stay on track. And so that's sort of how I got started. I went and bought a couple of books at Half Price Books, how to project manage, how to use WordPress. And that's really how it started when I realized I really love technology and I do love project management and I like creating processes for things and um, helping other people that may not have that skill set to to be able to get things done more efficiently. So that was sort of what woke me up to the whole idea of operations and process and those kinds of things. And then the company, the startup in 2010 that she was working for ended up growing pretty rapidly and he hired both of us on as employees. And so I was a content strategist a web project manager for his team. And then as we grew, I grew up the ladder. So I was the web director overseeing a remote team of developers and designers and content people, some in-house and some remote. And then um, I, I left there as the VP of operations. I was there all together for five years, but I soaked up and learned a lot from my boss. And so I was constantly interested in the whole aspect of building the business. Um, when I hit that last point where it's like, okay, I'm not really happy in my job anymore. And I think I want to move on. I think I have experience. I started looking for jobs, applying all over the place. Nothing. And I know that's a whole different story these days. So I won't complain about the whole job search experience, but um, I couldn't find what I wanted. I started thinking, well, maybe I should open myself up to the idea that there's something bigger for me. I don't know what it would be, but let me just kind of put it out there that that's a possibility. And that's when I came across another VA company in Georgia. Um, it's a big, big name uh, in the in the industry right now. Um, they're Belay, it's Belay Solutions, but before they were called something else. And I saw the founder talking about virtual assistants, and I thought this is a great idea. I love the the concept of a virtual assistant. I've never heard of it before. And I I did apply for a job, and they said, well, you're overqualified for these positions, and they don't pay what you're looking for and those kinds of things. So I just had that light bulb moment of, well, I could, I could start a business that does this. I think I could do it and I could create jobs. And so I went off from the beginning to be able to uh, not stay a virtual assistant forever, but I was the first VA of Trusty Oak. <laughs> we talked earlier about fear and how fear was a part of my journey of hiring a VA. And you had mentioned fear is a, a part of a lot mm-hmm. of uh, our journeys. I'm curious, when you had this idea 
oh, VA and and I can start a company. Was there any fear that followed it? And if so, how did you overcome that fear? Yes, definitely. Definitely a lot of fear because I, like I said, I don't even know how I ended up in the business world to begin with. And then to think, oh, I'm going to lead other people into this. That sounds really scary. Uh, And honestly, that did hold me back. I think I could have done something different if I had taken a different path. But the way I overcame that was asking for help, first of all. But I asked my, my boss from the company I was leaving if he wanted to be a business partner with me. And so we actually started out as business partners. I felt that I was not able to do it on my own. And that's why I asked him to be a partner. We're still friends. Everything's good. But I did buy him out after about a year into it because we had different opinions about the way our partnership would work. And so um, before I went too far down the line, I just decided maybe we, I, I should try to do this a different way. I struggled a little bit after parting ways with a partner because now it's all on my shoulders to make payroll to figure out how I'm going to take care of my own bills. And um, I was working extra jobs. I was driving for a company like Lyft. It was it's not around anymore, but I was doing all the things just to m- make it all happen. And I actually, even a few years more than I thought I would be into that, I wasn't making what I wanted. Now I'm taking home a decent salary, but it's still not where I want to be, but it's still something that I can be proud of. I think if I had realized I was more capable than I was in the beginning. I could have done it on my own from the start. I think we can all relate to that. I believe we all have goals and and ambitions. And so often it's confidence Mm -hmm. and lack of courage or fear that can get in our way. And the more that we can hear stories, that is part of the process for all of us. It helps us overcome some of that fear and grow our confidence and take action in the direction of our goals. Totally agree. And that's why I'm not afraid to share anything about that partnership change and all of those things because uh, it really is part of the process and it's okay. That was a story. Even though when I look back, I think I could have done it differently. Are you enjoying this episode and feeling encouraged to take the next step towards maximizing your potential? Don't let that energy pass you by. Goal achievers consistently take action to achieve great success. Grab your free breakout plan right now at kristenburk.com to begin your journey today. We all feel fear as we are striving to grow our businesses and achieve our goals. And I find that hearing stories just like you shared, Amber, are helpful Because it reminds me that I'm not alone and it reminds our listeners that they are not alone on their journeys and that we can actually work through our fears and take action to build businesses and achieve our goals. Yes, absolutely. That's the whole reason why I share the darker side of the story, because it is important for us to see. It's not all what you see online. It's not always the good stuff. We're working hard behind the scenes. And yeah, I've been doing this now coming up on seven years. And it, it takes longer than you think it does. I feel like I was struggling, not paying myself what I was worth for much longer than what I expected when I started out. But that's just how it goes. And it's okay. You just have to keep pushing forward, ask for help when you need it. Um, that's really the biggest thing for me is finding people that can do things that I can't do, which ties really well into delegation. Before we delegate, we have to hire. We have to have people to delegate to. So what are some best practices for hiring? Yes. 
So the number one thing to think about is that you need to know what you need first. And that means that you are going to need to put in some time. I know usually if you're looking at hiring a virtual assistant, especially for really anyone, you're busy, you're overwhelmed most likely, but you've got to carve time to be able to say, okay, this is exactly what I need. Because if you go into it without having that plan, you might not hire the right person. As you start realizing what you need after working with someone, then maybe they're not a fit anymore. So you really need to know as much as you can about what you need before you start. That's the number one thing. The other thing is that uh, we we use some different ways to weed out and reduce the amount of time that you spend on the screening process. And, and what we do is we ask people to send a video at, with their application. So they submit a resume, a cover letter, they fill out our application on the website. But the very first step is, hey, you're more than just it says on your resume, we want to hear from you. We want to know why you want to work for Trusty Oak and what you're excited about, what your skill sets are. And here's a cool free tool, loom.com to record that introduction if you want. If they don't do that, then we don't even look at their resume. Because we do get a high number of, of applications, we needed a way to gauge, are they following instruction? And also we want to see, are they excited about Trusty Oak? Are they confident in their own abilities? Uh, because really confidence is a big part of success for a virtual assistant or really any freelancer. So we're looking for that in the video. It doesn't mean you have to be super comfortable on video, but you need to be able to talk about what you're good at. So the video is a big step of it. And then the other tip I would say about hiring is hire for fit over skills. And what I mean by that is One, you need to know your own values and what your expectations are in terms of the way you communicate your work, and then hire somebody that is going to align with those values. Our interview process also includes uh, questions about values. We have five core values and we go through each one of them, asking them, what do they think it means? And can they tell us a story about how they've demonstrated that? We have a very strenuous process in our interviewing. We are only hiring about 4.4% of applicants because um, a lot of people do want to work in remote, flexible jobs, and we want the best of the best. So we do have a strenuous process, but aligning for values is really the main thing. Um, Skills can be learned, especially if you're resourceful. I heard three clear recommendations. Number one, know what you need. Mm -hmm. Number two, develop a process. and. I heard you mention, Amber, things such as video and strenuous and be okay with having a robust selection process. And then number three, hire for fit over skills. Very practical advice any business owner, entrepreneur, or leader can take from the show and apply today. What are mistakes you have seen people make when they are hiring? Rushing the process. Mm. Going back to what I just shared about how it is a strenuous process, our whole vetting takes, I think, around three weeks total. Um, obviously, we're, we're juggling multiple applications. The whole point is that you don't want to rush the process. You want to take the time to actually get to know them, talk to them more than once, um, talk to them on video. So we, we do a Zoom interviews as well as we have done phone screenings in the past, but we've started just doing video because in a virtual world, we We just need to go ahead and jump to that and and get to know someone a little bit better. Uh, We have testing or assessment of some kind that gauges their written communication, 
um, they're problem solving. It's open-ended questions. That's another tip I would say is whatever you are doing in your vetting process, look to do things that are going to give you answers to multiple questions. Like for us with that assessment, their written communication is one part of it, but it's also how are they answering the questions? What are their problem solving skills? So you're vetting multiple things in different steps. In the screenings, it's do they have a professional background? Um, are they happy? Do they seem like somebody that would be fun to work with? There's different aspects you're looking for. And so having multiple touch points gives you a chance to explore more areas about that person. Perhaps I should have asked this question before we even started talking about how to hire, but I'm curious. When does a business owner know it's time to hire? I'm one of those people that makes decisions from my gut a lot. So if you're doing that, knowing is probably not the right word there. <laughs> you can make decisions and hope that you're doing the right thing. But what I found over time, it, it definitely isn't the way I started out. But over time, I realized that knowing my numbers is the key to really understanding when it's time. Because it's not just about when do I need help? It's also when can I afford help? I know that's mm. the question we're all asking. We've started tracking a lot of data, um, obviously the financial data, but also how many hours are each virtual assistant working? How many hours do, does each client need? Um, how many hours can my client success coordinators handle or how many clients can they support? There are a lot of different elements to tracking numbers. And as we go, we keep adding more data points that we want to keep track of. So Data has been a really important part of our decision-making, especially over last year, because I got a, a finance guy on the team that started helping me understand the numbers a lot more. That has been a game changer just to start keeping track of the numbers and seeing where we came from. What was it like last January? What is it like today? Being able to have that context really is helpful. So I would say the only way to know is to start tracking the numbers and have data to be able to say, okay, we can tell by these numbers that it's time to add. I am a huge fan of tracking. It is a massive part of the goal achievement process. And I started tracking towards the end of last year, what percentage of my time was spent with clients and what percent was spent on other activities. And knowing that number helped me make the decision to say, it's time to add more help onto my own team so I can spend more time with my clients doing the work that I love. So we know our numbers. We're feeling ready to hire. You went through great tips on best practices, mistakes to avoid. Now we have someone on the team. How do we delegate? This first statement might not be a popular opinion, but it is something that I'm observing as I'm working with hundreds of clients. If you are more self-disciplined, you're going to get more out of working with a virtual assistant. So my first tip of advice regarding delegation is work on yourself and work on your own skills at delegating. That's number one. You want to be conscious of that and then take the time to plan your week. That's the other part of the discipline. I'm sure you'd agree, given that your focus is on goals and tracking. If I spend 30 minutes to an hour every week planning my week, I uncover things that I need to delegate. If I don't take the time to plan, instead there's things flying at me during the day. And I think, oh, I, I need to get some help with this. But last minute help sometimes doesn't turn out the way we expect. People aren't available. And particularly virtual assistants are working flexible schedule. They may not be able to drop everything and take care of you. So you've got to plan ahead to get the most out of it. That's the main thing. Um, secondly, start with small, repeatable tasks. If it's something that happens 
daily, weekly, monthly, even quarterly, that is likely something that's going to be great to delegate because even if it's fast, two minutes, scheduling appointments, whatever it may be, it adds up over time. Yes, it might take you longer to teach them than it does to do it. But if it's repeatable, it's going to save you a lot of time in the long run. So those are the two ways to get it started. Plan your week and start with small repeatable tasks. I agree 100%. And I am a work in progress on delegation. Absolutely. One of the things I do at the end of every one of my weeks is the Friday ritual where I write Mm -hmm. down my wins for the week and my lessons learned and my priorities. And I start looking at my calendar and what I have going on and what's on the to-do list. And and I'm thinking, that might be something I can ask Sarah to help me with, or that might be something Denise can handle. And going through that process helps me show up to my one-on-ones with my team members with conditional work. It really has helped us accomplish a ton in a short amount of time. And you just mentioned another tip you have a one-to-one with the person you're delegating to. And that is another important part. If you can have a regular sync meeting with your virtual assistant, you're going to get more out of working with them because they're going to have an opportunity to ask you questions, to prompt you to delegate things that you might not have thought of in your own planning sessions. Having a place to capture those ideas as they're coming up through the week too, like a Trello board, or even if it's a Google Doc, some way of capturing, hey, I've got ideas, I'm on the go. I need to remember to send that gift card to so-and-so or whatever you need to do. If you drop it in there, then when you have the sync meeting, your VA can ask you, okay, what's the priority on this? When do you need it by? And you plan the week with your VA. So yes, sync meetings once a week, at least, I think are really helpful for anyone that's delegating. Talking about sync meetings and one-on-one meetings makes me wonder, what's the difference between leading and managing? And do you have a recommendation for individuals as they work with their teams? Yes. So first I say, manage your processes and lead your people. With the people, you want to be able to cast a vision for where you're going, why you're doing what you're doing. If they understand your why and what, you know, not just how to do something, but why are we doing this? They're able to eventually make decisions on your behalf because they understand the why. So whenever a curveball comes their way that they haven't already have a written process for how to do it, they know how to make that decision because they understand the why behind it and they can react on your behalf a lot easier. Going back to what I said at the very beginning about it being a partnership between us and the VAs and the VAs and our clients, it really is important for you to view the relationship with anyone you're delegating to as a partnership. And if you can approach it with that attitude of collaboration, open communication, um, that's really going to be important to the long-term success of working with your VA because they need to be able to understand your big why, start getting the big picture of things so that they can help you even more. Absolutely. And I remember when I was early in my career and I had a lot of projects that were being delegated to me, mm-hmm. I always felt more inspired if I understood the bigger picture of how this one report is going to help us achieve this big goal. It made me feel better about the task at hand. I think that's really important to explain some of the why behind the what that we're asking yes. our team to do you mentioned earlier that you really started to develop a specialty in project management and processes. I 
I know process comes up a lot in my initial coaching conversations with potential clients, and I hear it all the time. I want to streamline my processes. I want to be more efficient. I want to create systems. Mm-hmm. What suggestions do you have for people that want to improve processes? It feels a little daunting when you start thinking about documenting processes, writing out how to do every little function of your business. Uh, I, I Going back to the free tool that I mentioned, loom.com. If you're using Loom, it's an app where you you can screen record and narrate. You can turn the video on as well if you want to show yourself. This is an easy way to start developing processes because most likely the process that you need to develop, you're already doing it, just may not be documented or polished. So record yourself doing the thing, narrating, this is how I do this thing, and then send that to the person you're delegating to. One, you're going to train them through that process, but also then they can create a process for you, make something polished, ask questions about it. And if you've got a problem with someone you're working with, a lot of times it's process or it's communication. So if you do have documentation on how to do things and something didn't go as expected, you didn't get the outcome you wanted, go back and look at the process. Is the process right? And this person didn't follow the process Or is the process broken and we need to add a step or we need to take out a step? There's different reasons why something might go wrong, but I find that that's usually what it is. So you can tackle documenting even in rough format and then get someone else to help you polish it and refine it and, and make these processes shared with other members of your team and visit it often and revise it as needed. That is so helpful, Amber, because sometimes when we think about process, it feels daunting and it's going to be this massive task and it can be really simple. You start by rough drafting a process. I always recommend to my clients that we pick one process to focus on. We don't have to do the whole business at one time, but let's pick one that's going to help drive your goal and start documenting there. Yes, definitely. We just recently... Uh, focused on our client success process. And what I mean by client success, we've got special team members that check in with our clients to make sure things are going well with their virtual assistant. They're there to help them if they're struggling with delegation. That's the support person to make sure our clients are getting the most out of the experience with their VA. And we, I was doing a lot of that in the beginning, you know, at just a growing business. I was the one doing those things. I didn't have the process documented, but I started slowly as I was doing it writing out how I was doing the thing. And then I was able to bring someone else on to do it. We spent a good part of last year focusing on refining that client success process. And once we did, we saw better retention with our clients. We saw better utilization with our client hours. Everything started getting better just by simply focusing on building that process. It really did take us a good six months to iron it all out. Before that, we went through our whole process with hiring. It can be daunting. So tackle one at a time. I totally agree with that approach. Now, what motivated you to go through the documentation of your processes? I wanted it off my plate. (laughs) Speaking of delegation, documenting will help you delegate. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I know that the only way I can scale my business is if I'm delegating. And if I'm not trying to do everything, I can't be a micromanager and see my business grow. It's not going to happen that way. Also, I run out of time. I have a big vision for what I want to do. I can't go do more things if I'm stuck in the day-to-day of the operations. So it's always been my goal to build a system, to build a team 
that can execute on the idea so that I can go build the next idea because I've got bigger plans for the future. And so I need help with it. I can't do it on my own. Delegation is critical to it. It won't happen if I can't get a grasp on what's delegated, what I need to delegate. Let's talk about scaling. I know scaling can be a hot topic for Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. First of all, what does scaling even mean? Well, in my mind, scaling means growing in an intentional way. I want to build systems. I I know I keep coming back to the process and the system is building systems so that I can see how it affects the future. Because uh, just like we were talking about, when do you know when to hire? It's knowing the numbers. So I have to have a process for collecting those numbers and bringing them together in a meaningful way. All of these different pieces actually contribute to the greater goal, the one big goal of impacting the lives of my mission statement is 500 virtual assistants that have sustainable jobs. And then obviously we have a big goal to support our clients as well. And we want entrepreneurs to flourish and thrive and not experience burnout. So this is a win-win on all sides, but it does require thinking about the big picture, but then also breaking it down into smaller pieces that we can tackle. Scaling is almost, it's, it's almost like breaking it down before building it back up because you need those smaller pieces so you can get focused and drive forward on one thing at a time or multiple things if you're delegating. (laughs) We were chatting before we officially started recording and you mentioned you doubled your revenue last year. Yes. More than doubled the revenue in 2021 over 2020. And honestly, in 2020, we had an 88% growth as well. It's been kind of shocking in some ways. I mean, I I know it's what I wanted to do and I'm taking my own medicine and doing all the things to help myself grow, but um, it's been a wild ride and very exciting. And we doubled our team size as well because we had um, around 30 virtual assistants at the beginning of last year. And then by the end, we have, now we have 68 virtual assistants. Um, So it's been, it's been doubling revenue, doubling the team, but all in all, it's doubling our capacity is what I, my coach has been telling me because it's like, yes, you doubled your revenue because you doubled your capacity and what you're capable of doing. That's been really exciting to understand that some of what we're doing and developing processes and getting focused is actually giving us the ability to be more efficient, um, to do more, to impact more. So um, it's motivating and exciting and a little bit contagious to <laughs> around the treehouse, as we say. That's what we call our virtual office. (laughs) I hope everyone that is listening is thinking, I might need to slow down and start documenting some processes, start adding weekly planning time, start getting clear on the activities that generate revenue, things that you can delegate. It's a very inspiring uh, story that you just shared. Thank you. It's been inspiring for me to see the team and the contribution that everyone has, because once you show them a path for how we get there, they'll, they jump in They're They're the ones taking the ball and running it forward because they can see where we're going. Another thing I've spent a lot of time on recently and what I've learned again, working with my coach is figuring out what is my role? What is each other person's role? I didn't have a corporate structure or a company structure for a while. And I had no idea how powerful it would be to just define where we're going. So I drew out an org chart for here's where we are right now, but here's what I'm envisioning for 2024. And when I showed that to the team, 
it's almost like it was an epiphany that everyone had like, oh, okay, that's where we're going. Well, then this is what I need to be doing. And it, everyone sort of locked in their lanes and understood, okay, this is what I need to do. And this is the potential that there is for the future. And it had a huge impact just showing people the future of what the plan is. Um, it's, it's been very powerful. All of my internal team, my corporate team um, had feedback saying, I, I understand what I need to be doing now. Thank you for taking the time to do that. You've got to free up your time to focus on future planning, strategizing, um, showing people the vision because it is key to that long-term success. It sounds like you got extremely clear and that level of clarity helped you achieve breakout performances. Yes, it did. A theme I had in one of our quarterly planning days was clarity because that's what I realized. And working with a coach that is teaching scaling up, I hired someone to handhold me through uh, establishing the Rockefeller habits. And that's where everything changed for me. I was struggling to get clarity. And once I realized, okay, this is how I approach focusing on my priorities. This is what I need to be doing. And this is what my team needs to be thinking about. Instead of us going all over the place with all the big ideas we still have, we now say, okay, this quarter we're driving forward on these initiatives. And our next planning day is when we'll reset and we'll plan again. So we do this in quarterly sprints, but it's all about staying focused, only biting off what you can chew. And sometimes we still overdo it, but you know, we, we got to start somewhere. <laughs> I think that's how you know you're an entrepreneur. When you have new ideas, sometimes you lose your way and you're working on this priority and then this becomes the priority. And yeah, that's... that's Shiny that's, objects. <laughs> we thrive in a little bit of chaos. Yes, we do. <laughs> Amber, this has been such a dynamic conversation. There are so many nuggets and insights uh, found throughout our discussion. Everything from your journey of overcoming fear and stepping into being a business owner. We talk through hiring best practices and knowing what you need, identify a process, hire for fit over skills. You gave us some ideas of mistakes we can avoid, such as rushing the process. You helped us understand more about how to delegate and start looking for those small, repeatable tasks, and then shared an incredible vision and story of achieving goals and growing your business by slowing down to work on yourself and work on your business. Thank you for everything you shared. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is fun. If any of our listeners want to connect with you and learn more about you or learn about Trusty Oak, where can they find you? The best place to go is trustyoak.com. And um, if you want to connect with me directly, LinkedIn is a good place to go. I love hanging out on LinkedIn and I am Amber Gray ATX. Got to figure out a way to get just Amber Gray, but someone else has that one. <laughs> You bet. It's been a great conversation. And with that goal achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins, making note of the lessons you've learned and identify your priorities for next week. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website, kristenberg.com to sign up and get connected. We can also hang out socially on Instagram. 
Follow me at Meet Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, goal achievers, keep progressing toward your goals and celebrate those weekly wins. 